Hello, everyone. Welcome back to What the Fumble, where today we join our heroes on a very special episode where we find out for sure what the best medicine really is love, laughter, or a mutagenic, potentially lethal goo we picked up in a bog and carried for several hours in a bucket. I don't know about you, but my money's on love. A massive thank you, as always, to all of our listeners, followers on social media, and everyone contributing to the show on Patreon. Your support goes such a long way to helping us out, and it's just so greatly appreciated. But alright everyone, it's time for us all to get a payoff 60 episodes in the making. The fetch quests are done, the people are all here, the pieces are in place, and we've got episode 61, Doctor in the House. What's your guys' favorite uh, like play style in a video game? Like, what class do you choose when you're playing through, like, you know, an RPG? Like, Slash? Do you just or Miles rather? <laughs> just call me Slash as if yeah, it's really. your real name. They are one and the same, equally dickish. Miles, do you, do you just pick the like dickish, angsty teenage boy in all the RPGs? Hey. Well, actually, no, I don't. Um, typically, actually, David and I play a lot of uh, RPGs, like co-op, sort of like hack and slash RPG things. Oh, yeah. And it's kind of like the, the unspoken rule that I'm typically the archer and David is the sword and board. Or I'm the, I'm the range caster and he's the melee tank. Like, so, so David is cover. He's dedicated cover. Yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Like, like, what was it? We were playing not too long ago, uh, Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance 2. Um, a little while ago, and once again, I'm. Uh, I think David was playing the monk. I was playing a monk, and you were playing cleric, and I'm sitting here going up, punching things, and Miles is just staying back, casting spells out of the range of everything. Yeah, cure, um, cure, cure, cure. <laughs> sounds like a good, solid strategy. Really, how do you feel about that uh, situation? I actually, I actually kind of like it. You know, it sets everything up. Like, I'm one of those guys. Like, in if there's ever party dynamics when it comes to a lot of game video games. I love playing like the support roles. So like in games like Overwatch, support and and games like Battlefield, Medic. Like I'm that guy. I like I'm like I like the guy who's able to facilitate the plays. I don't want to be the playmaker. I want to be the guy. It's like, hey, well, because of David, we managed to get this to work. Right. Yeah. I like yeah. it. Yeah. Good synergy is very. It's like it's you're fulfilling. Yeah. Like you're allowing everyone else to play like super irresponsible and aggressive for all like the risky plays, but you're like making it like work. Yeah. And then I can play and then I can be super passive aggressive. Like, well, why didn't you heal me? And I'm like, I can fix damaged health. I can't fix stupidity. Like, <laughs> <laughs> wow. Quoting Lenara here. Uh, <laughs> nah, I, uh, I, I wish I could say the same where it's just like, oh, yeah, I want to be a playmaker or I want to be like a, like the enabler, facilitator. Whenever I play games, I just adore being like the summoner who just like AFKs while all the hired help does the shit for me. <laughs> <laughs> like in Skyrim, like I, I 
there's an exploit where you can just get to like level 100 conjuration super early game and so i'm just like going through like the basic first quests and they're like all right are you sure you can handle this i'm like oh i don't know i i still have a hundred hit points and this iron dagger here uh let me ask my two daedric warlords um who are flanking me if they can handle it uh i don't know like you gonna play games like diablo and i have a druid and man pet builds are so like busted they are, but I don't like how backseaty it is. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna sit back and do nothing. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I was gonna. That, that's more like, of a hammered in. Hammered in is like I'm gonna stand in the middle of the screen and have hammers do all the work. <laughs> I don't call it. I can't play your playstyle. You can't play mine. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> we will agree to disagree. The pet builds are always so scary. Uh, like in. D&D, too, really, at least from, like, the DM perspective. I remember that time, I think it was you, Miles, that had uh, a ranger yeah, that yeah. could just... I just remember we used to play online almost exclusively when we first all started playing together. Uh, and, you know, through the years of the pandemic where that had to be how it was. And I just remember... Once you summoned, like, an entire fucking herd of deer or some yep. shit. And you're just like, hey, I'm going to need... 45 deer tokens on the fucking board, if you don't mind, DM. Uh, I think it was actually eight elk, if I recall. <laughs> they were like a quarter CR, but there was eight of them, and they had the feature of like trample and overrun or something, and it was like, so if they were on the on the ground and knocked over, they got extra damage for like trampling on it them. Was so much. It felt like 45 deer to me. <laughs> I believe the eight elk, though. I just remember it being a mess. It was oh, just man, such yeah, was a hilarious. mess of an encounter. Oh, yeah, like one turn took 45 minutes. <laughs> just, not a round, a turn for, for your guy. Yeah, exactly. Just so many dice. What a mess. What a mess. Adam, do you have uh, like a go-to style when it comes to that type of game? Uh, I usually will default to a human paladin if I'm ever trying out a game just for like to get a feel of the game system or something similarly sword and boardy. Like even still, every time I like go through a Dark Souls game or Elden Ring, it's still sword and shield and I, I don't mix up that playstyle too much you fight with honor yeah i guess uh i should uh play more i i just think it's one of those things that it's fun in D to count these resources but it's like oh i don't want to have to rest again and click that and have that loading screen i'm just gonna go and keep stabbing something until uh until it dies or i die yeah fair yeah, yeah it's a uh... It's a fun way to play it too. I like it. I like it. I usually go for like the the tanky stuff. I like being uh you know like the closest to a D&D barbarian type thing that I can find. I like you know just like indestructible meatball of hit points. Yeah, and ton of damage but right up in their faces kind of thing. That's I like that play style where you just you worry about essentially nothing. Like, you just don't worry about the resources. You just swing and see how far you can get and hope it all works out. Yeah. And it usually does if you go with the Barbarian. Even in D&D, they're kind of... It's like, oh, what's the Barbarian do? He attacks. Yeah. I I rage, I attack, I'm Bear Totem, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm a fan of the the raging barbarian though. That's probably my my go to in a video game. Closest thing I can find. You guys want to play Skyrim? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh man, yeah. <laughs> I think they did just make that multiplayer, didn't they? Uh, there is a, a mod for it, yeah. What? Um, yeah, it's it's not very stable, um, but there is an ability to play it that way. Hmm. Well, neither are we, so <laughs> maybe maybe next off week. Well, maybe when they re-release it on the microwave, then I'll go and uh, <laughs> play it. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess while we wait for that, maybe we should play something else, like something boring, maybe with pens and paper. A lot of talking? Yeah. Pathfinder 2nd Edition? Ooh. Blasphemy. <laughs> Shots fired. Ooh. Spicy take there. Whoa, 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 whoa. It's a great gaming system. Yeah, I... No, 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 it is. It <laughs> it's is. hard enough to organize this once a week. <laughs> I suppose we could maybe dabble with a little D&D if everyone's in the mood. Mm-hmm. It's in the mood to dabble mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just a little. Just a dabble. No, we're all pretty excited because we can feel... We can feel the RP in the air. We've got the ingredients. We got our boy. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to do multiple bad voices all within the same hour. Oh, hell yeah. Wait, we have so many NPCs in one place. Justin, are you ready to talk to yourself for the entire session? I certainly am. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Oh, you know it's going to happen <laughs> at least once in this episode, too. I was thinking of that earlier. It's totally going to happen at least once, but I'm ready. I've got my 30 pages of notes that I'm ready to shuffle loudly and look through every five minutes. Let's do it. You guys want to play some D&D? Let's, Let's play some D&D. Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Woo. Let's do it. There you guys were. In the streets of Martira Bay, finally, with all your quest items fetched. You got your spuma. You got your diamond dust slash diamonds. All kinds of diamonds. So many diamonds. So many curses. You guys are finally back, though. One less person in your ranks than when you left. But you make it back to Amelia Wigglebrick's humble little halfling home or little carrot garden out front. You can see the freshly packed soil from where you guys (laughs) buried multiple bodies. (laughs) Total of five, I think, if I remember correctly. So much fresh fertilizer. There's a lot of dead bodies in the carrot garden. I'm just impressed they got them all done, you know? But it is... Lustra's father, Lam and Venari, that opens the door for you when you return to Amelia's. He quickly, like, ushers you inside of the Wiggle Brick home. He said he was glad you were back, that he's starting to grow a little worried of staying here too much longer. But we kind of left off with him noticing not only the condition that his son is in, but also the fact that you guys are a man down. And he asks you, where is the Carlisle boy? Uh, we got, when we got to the diamond mine, we were asleep one night at the head of the cave. And then the next morning he wasn't there. We looked around for footsteps and tracks, and he seemed to have fended off 
or at least distracted some would-be assailants and disappeared. He disappeared into the mist. He didn't just leave. He saved us is what he did to the best of his ability. Yes, but he's in the mists. That's yeah. where he is. Yeah. Who knows where he is now? You can see that uh, Laman struggles to hold back the anger. You can tell that he has taken you know, all of his strength to not just burst into a rage. A lot of time and sacrifice was dumped into keeping Merlin Carlyle alive and safe. So he's pretty angry, but he manages to kind of hold that anger back and look at concern with his son. Says, end of view. What is wrong with your scales? Well, we found lots of uh, things down in the mine, and then I slapped the hilt of, of the longsword. Some powerful weapons, but unfortunately, not without cost. And, uh, this lovely thing here, stupid, and takes, takes a sword off and chucks it on the ground. That stupid thing, from what I found out, is actually cursed and is draining me of strength until I die. It's known as Bottle Breaker. Uh, we found in the bottom of the mine a lot of dwarves, and they were kind enough to let me fill me in on it. On would-be thieves. Not a fucking thief, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a cursed item and it's killing me. He kind of looks back over his shoulder to where Van Richten is sitting in a chair and by the fire. He's just staring blankly into that fire. Uh, but Lamon looks over and says, it is more important than ever than we, that we heal Van Richten. And it's kind of on that cue that little Amelia abandons her cookie baking operation. She's covered <laughs> oh, yeah. in dough. She's completely covered. It's all over. There's a little bit of dough on her nose because she's just too adorable to not have dough on her nose right now. Yeah. But she comes running forward. Did you get the spuma and the diamonds? I'll get the carrot juice. Matilda yielded so much juice. <laughs> <laughs> I drank a lot of it, but I saved enough. I'll get the heartfelt goodbye, too. Oh, and the tears. Where are the tears? Oh, God, somebody help me. And she runs off into the kitchen, starts throwing jars around, opening drawers, and she's gathering up the ingredients. All right, of course, I, I'll, I'll help you. Whatever you need, where do you need me? Where do you need me, Amelia? Get the goodbye. It's over there in the cupboard. All right, so, yeah, I'll just go and be a second set of hands for her. Yeah, you open up the cupboard and realize that it's just a cupboard full of empty, unlabeled mason jars. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, this one, then? And I just point one at one at random. It says, oh! Yep, that's the one. Good job. <laughs> I did it. No, she probably runs over and no, smacks her hand. And she's like, no, silly. That's not it. It's this one. And just grabs a completely similar empty mason jar. Oh, how foolish of me. You'd think she'd label them. But she gets to work on getting all the ingredients together. What are you, what's everyone else doing? What are you guys saying? In these moments, Lenara is just keeping an ear out, peeking through the curtains, seeing if anybody's followed us or if anything's 
gonna go down outside yeah sure give me a uh a perception check as you go peek out the curtains 11 11 uh i mean nothing really grabs your attention it is uh fairly early in the night but still dark enough that it's you know it's still late enough rather that it's dark outside a fairly well lit night though got that amber glow from the moon fairly cool breezy night but you don't see any signs of anyone having followed you lustra is definitely going to go and take a seat he's been walking around and now that he knows he can kind of rest a bit he's just going to kind of sit down on and the closest chair and just slump into it a bit. Yeah, there's another one open by the fire that Van Richten is sitting at. You kind of slump in the chair and like Van Richten doesn't even turn his head. He's just kind of lost blankly gazing into that fire. Um, once Amelia has all of her ingredients, uh, Tess wants to walk in Lenara's direction, uh, stopping at Lamin and just averting her gaze and and says quietly, I'm sorry. We tried. Hopefully it'll be worth it. Uh, And then she'll head over to Lenara and say, I can take over watch. You should go to him. Or at least watch over the potion making. I would like to know how it's done. Thank you. She'll give you a little nod. And on her way to the kitchen, uh, she's going to look to see if that spirit board is hanging out. The Ouija board, I believe, uh, uh, if Lamin didn't give it to you, he'd have it. So, yeah, it's it's around. See if Erasmus is uh, floating a boot. Sure. What do you say? What do you do? I just will go to the board, put the little puck disc thing. I forget what it was when we looked it up. Oh, we totally looked this up uh, before. Yeah. The hell was it called? A marker, I think. Maybe. Uh, token so the uh the speaking spell here uh i'll just put it in the middle of yes and no and just go are you still floating around takes a little bit just kind of that awkward silence that moment where you're wondering if there is a ghost in the room or not but sure enough it goes to yes the no would have advice it well i suppose but <laughs> been a little more jovial uh and she'll crack a smile to the air and uh, go and hang out with Amelia and help all she can. I like it. I like it. Lamin kind of co- comes over to you, Lustra, looks over at Van Richten. I believe his stress levels are more manageable. His body is healing, but his mind is still broken. Well, we managed to succeed in getting plenty of diamond, plenty of spuma, Came across some strange cube with Delulgrum Bottleborn, uh, and a bastion of dwarves at the bottom of the mine. Uh, when it came to our assailants that took Merlin, they were wearing black armor, had uh, an eye with a crown brandished on their uh, on themselves as a tattoo, and also on their armor. They, uh, I think, they were a Rex crown. Dampier. We didn't know what to expect from the mists and from being attacked like that. And Lustra kind of tenses up a bit in in frustration. And it aggravates me the fact that Merlin didn't think to wake us. And we, we, if we fought together, I'm sure we could have done fine. But, and then I turned to look at Lamin 
I look him dead in the eye. He's like, we will find him again. He's coming back with us to the material plane. You, Rena, like, he's not being left behind. Kind of pats you on the shoulder. It was not your fault, Sodden. If what you describe of these men is true, then I believe he was followed by Cain Crowley. He's the leader of these Rex Crown. And although your friends have proved themselves to be formidable warriors more than once already, none of us are prepared to face such an evil. These mists are very unforgiving. Well, if they're going to chase Merlin down, and if they're, and if they have influence as far as those caves and who knows where else, I feel like all of us are in agreement. And I kind of look up, you know, with with a furrowed brow, and I'm like, I don't know about you guys, but I want to take them down. They took Merlin. They they've only screwed with us since we've gotten here, and they're the main obstacle in keeping us separated. And what they did to, you know, they, they obviously have something to do with, you know, Van Richten. They have something with taking Merlin away into the mist. They have something to do with keeping Rena and Rivalis, I'm sure. And he, he's at a loss for words and slumps back into the into the couch, into the sofa. He uh, pats his son on the back and see a smile of pride come across Lamin's face, though he's... Kind of proud of how Lustra feels about all of this. He nods at you. Says, if Merlin lives, we will find him, my son. And we will make these Rex Crown pay for bringing us all back to this place. But that conversation is kind of cut short as a racket from the kitchen. A complete <laughs> racket from the kitchen. Pots and pans clanging around. <laughs> He's like, no, just no over, no, that jar, that one. You really need a better labeling system. That's too much carrot juice. Take it easy on the carrot juice. <laughs> Do you need a straw to remove some? You stay out of this. Okay. Lenara, you help little Amelia Wigglebrick put all the ingredients together. She's got like the one you know, potion vial. She starts with the carrot juice. It's very important to start with the carrot juice. Lenara writes that down yeah. in her notepad. Everyone reached for pencils as soon as you said that. It's from there. Tears of joy. Tears of joy get plopped into the tiny little vial. Did you bring the diamond dust? That uh, one's next. We gotta stir it. We have lots of diamonds. It's not quite all dusted yet. The smart thing would have been to do this at the start of this conversation. Uh, and she'll procure the 25 gold diamond, the 50 gold diamond, and ask whoever has the, you know, diamond dust if uh, we can have that to expedite this. Uh, Slash, having observed the room, uh, seeing Lamin in his quiet rage, seeing Van Richten in his blank state, Amelia in, his, in her whirlwind of cooking and, and whatnot, there's almost a certain panic in the room that Slash is, is sensing, and he's been drinking every single ounce of it in, attempting to make sense of anything that's going on, on what the appropriate response is. Hearing Lenara reach out and say, we need that diamond dust, he sort of snaps out of it for a moment, grabs whatever diamond dust he had on him that he took from the jeweler's table, hands it off. Excellent. Uh, Tess, I guess, punch these. Uh, <laughs> all, all right. Quick punch from Tess. Crack! 
diamonds oh. are are dusted. I like think you guys. Uh, I think actually we looked it up. It doesn't take that much effort if you just kind of hit it at the right angle. Yeah, and I like oh. think you guys would have would kind of considered this prior to the oh shit moment. We need it. Yeah, uh, so we're good. We're good. Yeah, I'll sort of like take the flat of the bone saw and do that little like you know when you're mincing garlic. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Just like, crack, <laughs> like put take the flat of the enchanted Very bones nice. on, just crack, just crack it, it yeah. sprinkle it with some salt. Yeah, <laughs> got to pre-season your diamonds. Mix some oil in there, just out of habit. Diamond dust goes into the potion. Did you get the spuma? Everyone winces <laughs> and like. I think at this point, after we killed that thing, everybody got their spuma just in case. Yeah. Slash oh. also. Reveals a vial full of the stuff. Vials and buckets and spooming for days. We'll probably wring out our pants. That's <laughs> true. Get there. Yeah. Wring out our gaping wounds. Also fair. Oh no, are we going to turn into shambling mounds now? Ooh, hopefully. Spuma Vitae goes into the potion. Okay, just the heartfelt goodbye. I hope this is the right jar. <laughs> We were trusting that she was the one who knew. <laughs> is she just guessing too? It's just a good fail save. Just in case this doesn't work, we can blame Tess now. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. You know what? That's fair. It's I perfect. Finally, yeah, she opens this empty mason jar. First gives you the vase. She's like, here, you hold this. Kind of tip it at, a la- at an angle. Don't let anything spill. Okay. <laughs> I think uh, Lenara actually helped catch this heartfelt goodbye, so she would recognize this jar. Ooh, n- nice. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case. She's, she's very careful. I know it was Matilda, and she was very close before uh, Amelia drank her blood, apparently. <laughs> she yeah pops open the jar. You've got the vial kind of tilted at an angle, and she just kind of... Like, throws the air of the jar into the <laughs> vial. You just kind of, whoop. Did I get it? I believe so. I could feel the heartfeltness. That's good. Okay. We're almost done. Now, we just have to, we just got to set it in this thing right here. She's got one of those little, uh, you know, like, little beaker holder things. I don't know my al- alchemist equipment vocabulary as well as I should for this moment. I'm very sorry. But she has one of those things that's made to hold vials. Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah, a, yeah. like a centrifuge? A like one guy. that like spins or just no, one just to like the hold one, it? Just a hold on the side thing. I, I think that's just a rack. Just a rack? <laughs> just a vial rack? Yeah. Rack of test tubes? Rack of test tubes. Apothecary's rack. There, it's official now. Thank you, David. <laughs> Do they sell those at uh <laughs> No? Not yet. Maybe online. <laughs> well, I guess we put the vial in the apothecary. Hey. Eh? Eh? Nice. Thank you. Very nice. The vial goes in the apothecary and she says, all right, now we just stare and think real hard and try to focus our magic into it. I've never done this part before, but here we go. Okay. Oh. Uh... Do you do anything other than just... <laughs> There's also hand gestures, and should I cast spells on it? From what she's saying, it would help if you could, uh, yeah, channel some kind of, of something in there. I will 
cast restoration on it and hope that the baller ingredients will bump that up to greater. To greater? Oh, I like oh, that. Nice. Perfect. That is perfect. Alternatively, you could just leave it to a uh, to a roll. We could roll Arcana with advantage because Amelia is, is helping. I'm not proficient and I'm not taking risks with uh, the old VR in his chair. I kind of figured you'd go the spell slot route. It is the safe route. You, what does it look like? Was Lenora shoving a lesser restoration into a vial look like? I think she would cork it, pick up the vial in one hand, and mirror the somatic components of her other hand with it, uh, using that to shake the ingredients together. And then as the spell finishes in one hand, she'll bring her the test tube uh, together and touch it and put the magic into it there very nice the liquid almost like immediately starts to to glitter and glow a little bit on the inside of the vial something has clearly happened Amelia chugs the remaining <laughs> carrot juice <laughs> I mean, we did it <laughs> alright only one way to find out Lenara uh, is holding the hand with the vial to keep it from shaking to keep her hands from shaking yeah i like it and i it's your potion uh you're you're the nurse would you like to administer this to him i'd have to get my stepladder to reach his mouth you go for it right Does he's it, your mentor linara do you have like a, a pudding or something we can pour it into the little airplane thing or? we can mix it with sugar well, will that mess it up probably all right <laughs> it's not all right all right doctor down the hatch, open up. Time for medicine. So you go over to Van Richten and ease the contents of this vial down his mouth. Yeah. Don't choke, don't choke. Glasses are on your head. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, we'll we'll do that and then as it's hopefully working, she'll kneel in front of him and make sure his glasses are positioned perfectly on his face. While uh, while Lenara is administering the potion test, like she was keeping an eye out, but like as soon as this happens, she just like will close the drapes entirely, and it's just eyes glued to Lenara's face. I like it. I like it. I know that Lamin and Emilia are both eyes glued on Van Richten to see if this is gonna work. Uh, as he's just sitting there in this armchair in his poofy white shirt. His little sword cane is uh, like resting against the arm of the chair. But he's just, yeah, blankly staring into the fire. You trickle the potion onto his lips and you can see him swallow. It, it's, it's in there. Who knows if it's going to work right away. That seems to have a... A bit of a moment. What is Lenara thinking in this like awkward silence of is that actually gonna work? A heartfelt goodbye, really? I'm more concerned about the side effects of the spuma and having to fight another uh shambling mound. And also I'm looking to see if it's beautifying effects or making any of the wrinkles disappear. Tess is thinking to her and like trying to send some thoughts. Fix his intelligence, fix his intelligence, fix his intelligence, fix his intelligence. <laughs> <laughs> the spuma doesn't 
seem to have the anti-aging effects going for it. Van Richten, as a matter of fact, I mean, he looks so much more worn out than Lenar remembers seeing him. This experience, whether this potion works or not, has definitely taken a massive toll on Van Richten's physicality, his health. What's Slash and Lustra thinking in the moment? Slash stares on blankly. Um, he grips in his breast pocket uh, Peter's vows and feels a certain unease sort of turn over in his stomach as everybody waits with bated breath for this this man, this this what Slash views right now as a cripple, as somebody who's completely broken, you know, hopefully come back. And he thinks to himself for a moment, just all of this effort, all this time, all of this this sacrifice and it's all culminating to this one moment and it's like will it actually become something will it become something that's worth the effort he's not convinced but he still clutches those vows and something else in him turns and he he thinks that surely there's there's merit here there's something worth all of this so Slash, hoping for the best. Uh, Lustra will cross his leg, put one leg up on his uh, on his knee and have his rosary in his hand and gliding across the inscription on his boots from Rena and just kind of fidgeting with that while basically holding his breath, hoping for the best, counting the beads on the rosary while gliding it over the inscription. Just fidgeting. I love mm-hmm. it. Van Richten, after a few moments... This lets out this sigh of relief, a long sigh of relief, closes his eyes, and he takes a deep inhale. His eyes kind of flutter open for the briefest of moments. You all see his eyes kind of glow this radiant white, and his eyes go back to normal after a few more quick fluttery blinks and Dr. Rudolph Van Richten takes a look down at himself, pats his pockets, probably to find his glasses, pats his face, immediately recognizes the fact that his glasses are indeed on his face just looks right at Lenara. Is Lenara? Shouldn't you be in Chult? I mean, if you have another odd task for me where I have to kill an adorable creature, then yes. Uh, but I think you've lost a bit more time than that, sir. His eyes break away from yours, and he looks over your shoulder to where he sees... Lustra fidgeting with his rosary, and then a few feet away from Lustra is that, you know, Laman towering over his son. This is Laman. What are you doing here? I see his little Amelia. Is Amelia Wigglebrick? And he looks back at Lenora and says, We're in Darkon. See, he's good. What is the last thing you remember, sir? 
As it's patchy, I suppose. I, I'm sorry, who are you? Oh, um, Tess's eyes will sort of flutter and she'll like look down at the ground, suddenly very, very nervous, even though we've been traveling with, uh, with this guy for upwards of a week now. Uh, and she'll say, um, it's very, it's an honor to finally meet all of you, sir. Um, I am, I am Tessantius Falendril. It, uh, I, I believe you knew, um, you knew my husband? Fenrickton's mouth kind of drops in shock. Yes, I, yes, I did. And he looks at Lamin again, looks at Lustra, looks back at Lamin, as your son, and Lamin nods. And then he looks at Salash, and says, and so who are you then? Salash, you know, stands up proper, very, you know, proper as if he was in a court kind of thing. We haven't had the pleasure. However, we have taken many great pains to meet and restore you. I am Salash. It is a pleasure to finally meet your acquaintance properly, Doctor. He nods at you, surrounded all of you. A pleasure to meet all of you. I suppose I owe you all my thanks. To answer your question, the last thing I remember clearly was sitting in my study that I was renting out of Waterdeep. That is where the mist decided to take me again. Briefly remember moments of our time in Dominia. Enough to know that all of you fought to get me to where I am now. For that I am grateful. What other parts of uh, Dominia do you remember? Not much in particular. Probably a good thing. I remember Dr. Heinfroth. Or rather, I, I more remember the results of Dr. Heinfroth. I suppose that perhaps I should introduce myself properly to all of you. My name, as you all know, is Dr. Rudolf Van Richten. I have dedicated most of my adult life to fighting evil in the name of those who cannot defend themselves. But here in the domains of dread, evil can be quite powerful. So research and preparation are what I have always found to be the keys to success. Uh, months ago, nearly half a year now, I believe... The mists began to creep into Darkon and fraction it. Simon Hyber and myself, and looks at Tess, spent quite some time chasing down leads and trying to find information on what was happening. And the one rumor that struck me as the most interesting was that many people were blaming the elves of the Nevutar Springs, where the Temple to Ezra is located. And while I find it hard to believe that elves are behind this, in my experience, rumors all have a bit of truth to them. 
So while they may not be involved, the elves of Nevuchar Springs are the oldest living people here in Darkon. They have centuries of history within their memories, and so I decided to venture out to the Nevuchar Springs and ask them what they knew. However, by the time I figured that out, the path to the springs had already been blocked off by the fractioning mists. And so, Simon and I did what we had never done before, and we entered the mists of Darkon in hopes that they would take us to a different part of Darkon. But instead, the mists spit Simon and I out onto the material plane. That is when I ventured to Waterdeep to seek out their libraries, and that is when Simon made his way back to Splitport. So you were not trying to get to the material plane? No, we were not. The Nevertrar Springs was our destination at the time. Everything that we have been told so far is that you have to have a clear destination in mind. What could have happened to take you out of the mists entirely? The mists are very strange, as I'm sure you've all learned by now. There are great forces that are believed to be controlling them. Forces of evil, forces of good, forces of neutrality. I do not know what decided to spit me back out, but I can't help but feel as if I was on the right path, and... They wanted me off of that path. Who is they? A question I would love to know the answer to. Slash kind of harumps for a moment. Doctor, you appear to be quite a learned man, and I consider myself something of a researcher myself. Perhaps not in your own ways, and perhaps what you might consider more rudimentary. The way that you have approached this has clearly touched the lives of many. Many in this room, it seems, save for me. I must ask, how is it that you came to that conclusion that this is something you must do? What makes you believe so dearly in defending others? You could say that this is part of my own research. My story is a long and dark one. There's... I've seen many things throughout my years, and I've concluded that evil likes to prey on those who are defenseless, those who have no hopes of fighting back victoriously. Those people need a champion. And that's it? Slash is sort of puzzled. Yes, I suppose I've never thought of it like that, but yes, that's it, as you say. An uncharacteristic sort of grimace comes across his face, and... Confusion, very clear. I see. Well, if we are to do as you would, it would seem that we must investigate these elves, then. It was the next thing on my agenda at the time. Although much has happened, I fear, since we originally sought to go to the Nevachar Springs. I am growing quite tired, though perhaps we could... Have the rest of this conversation over a bite to eat, something to drink, perhaps, Amelia. And she hurriedly goes to the chicken. I'm right on it, Dr. Van Richten! 
really happy you're okay, by the way. I told him how to make the potion. I told him exactly what to do. We put the carrot juice in first. We got the tears. We got the jar with the heartfelt goodbye. We got the spuma. Her voice grows faint as she runs off into the kitchen, babbling off the ingredients. Van Richten kind of leans into Lenora and he's like, did she say a heartfelt goodbye? Uh, yes, she, uh, she killed a carrot. <laughs> I see. Yes, it was very heartfelt. I'm assuming you wrote down the ingredients. I know you to be quite the studious uh, young lady. The ingredients, the order, and uh, when we have a moment, I will love to know which one of these actually need to be in this potion. Yes, you can cross out the heartfelt goodbye. I'm very concerned that that actually worked, to be honest. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, she'd like write into her notebook and like, mm, heartfelt goodbye. He takes this moment, though, to, while Amelia's preparing a bite and a drink... To go embrace his old friend, Lamin Venari. So it is good to see you, old friend. I wish the circumstances were different. But then he goes over to Lustra after their reunion. Kind of gives you like the once over, almost the uh, like inspecting Lustra in a sense. This is the son of Lamin, is it? Of Clan Osium. The son of Lamin Venari himself. Words I did not expect I'd ever have the pleasure of saying, if I'm to be honest with you. If your father trained you, as I expect he has, then I have no doubt you are a formidable warrior indeed. Though I don't remember the escape from Dominia very well, I expect that you played a very important role in getting us through the mists. For that you have my thanks, Lustra. I hope you will allow me to call you Venari. Absolutely. Any any friend of uh, my father is a friend of mine. And I know we don't dole out that kind of trust to just anybody. And it seems like you've touched the lives of everyone in this room in some way, shape, or form and are providing research for maybe some others. I stand up and shake his hand firmly. It's nice to officially meet you. The pleasure is all mine. Yeah, coincidentally, you you mistook me for for my father when we were when you first saw me, which I found very uh, very funny and also jarring to see the first to see Van the great Van Richten knew my father, and I look to my dad and give him you know and give him the like. It's strange that yeah, he you know my dad and did so many things with him, kind of like and look give my dad a look of like. The things you've hidden from me. <laughs> Layman just, yeah, avoids eye contact. It's like, perhaps Amelia needs help in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Finn Richten also makes his way over to Tess. Van Richten, a very intelligent man who's quickly able to put two and two together. Uh, and places his hand on Tessa's shoulder and says, A young elven girl who has recently had to deal with the death of her beloved, who has been dragged into the domains of dread, has survived storms, fought back the torturous ways of Dr. Heinfroth, has escaped Dominia, and so much more already, I'm sure. You are every bit of what I expected after hearing Simon speak of you for so long. 
It is a true pleasure to meet you, Tizantius, one that I did not think I would ever have, and I am very, very sorry for your loss. Simon was easily the best man I have ever had the pleasure of fighting alongside with. As he's finishing that sentence, um, Tessa's just wordlessly going to hug him as hard as she can, if he'll let her. Just like... There's a lot of like, oh, we're doing this. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Oh, you're going, oh, the two-handed. Yes. Oh, under my arms, is it? Okay. No. Okay. Yep. Pats you a little bit. And like, she'll she'll hold the hug for like maybe two seconds longer than would be comfortable. And then we'll just like release him and say, thank you. I honestly, I was worried when we first met you that I would never be able to say that to you. Being in these domains, it's opened my eyes a lot to everything I didn't know in the material plane, but thank you for taking care of Simon. He said that he would not have survived the Domains had he not met you? Kind of chuckles. It's <laughs> perhaps once or twice I had a hand in saving his life, but he did it dozens of times for me. A tear will sort of start welling up in, uh, in Tessa's eyes, and she'll, she'll say, There are so many questions I want to ask you. But I think, even just speaking to you now, I can understand the most important things. Simon was always... He always acted on his impulses, but he was a very good judge of character. And he never spoke as highly of anyone as he did to you. I am so glad that your travels brought you to the material plane. I don't... I'm sorry, it's a... A lot to take in, but I just... There are so many things I want to tell you, and so many things I want to say, but so few as well. Um, Did he die with you? Yes. In... In our home. He kind of squeezes your shoulder. Says, then there is that, then isn't there. No matter what happens here, I... I know that he will be waiting for me, and the fact that you kept him from the clutches of these mists for all of those years is the greatest gift you could have ever given me. I hope that one day I can repay you, even a small fraction of it. That gift was given to you by him, not me. He fought tooth and nail. Never have I seen... Anyone enter so many battles in these places and come out alive from every single one. There are a few of us who can say that we have not mingled our souls with the mists. It brings me great pleasure to hear that he found you before his time to Santius. He takes a big, deep breath, though, and says, Though I am glad to be reunited with many of you, 
and pleased to meet the others. I fear that if we are all reunited here in Darkon, then the hour of ascension truly is upon us, and great times of darkness lie ahead. We have heard tell of this hour of ascension. We've heard tell of things of Shadowborn. We've heard tell of things of long live the king, if you will. It would appear that you certainly know more on the subject than any other scholar around. What do you know of this hour of ascension? Do you know its processes? Does our, unfortunately, missing Merlin Carlyle have anything to possibly do with this? What what does it mean to be Shadowborn? What's the importance in connection to the mists? Because there seems to be a very strong one. Yes. The Shadowborn bloodline is an ancient one here. The Hour of Ascension is a time spoken of by mystics and prophets. They say that a Dark Lord will rise up to achieve a power greater than even the mists can contain and that that Dark Lord will then truly escape the domains of dread, and be free to wreak havoc upon the worlds beyond the mists. Many Dark Lords over the years have believed themselves to be the one that the prophecies speak of, but there is one Dark Lord who has come incredibly close to escaping already. Azalin Rex. His previous attempt is now known as the Grand Conjunction. During the Grand Conjunction, Aslan Rex managed to escape the mists, to truly escape. But this caused such a disturbance in the domains of dread that everything crumbled. Every single one of the domains of dread and their dark lords were freed and they went back to their original planes. It was an absolute disaster. The balance of the entire multiverse was put into great jeopardy. But it did not last long. The mists, they... reformed. They reformed all the domains... And one by one, each Dark Lord was once again brought back to his prison. Azalin Rex included. But the events of this grand conjunction took their toll on the mists. Since then, there has been much change. Some domains were combined. Others lost entirely. That is why the cerebral vampires of Dominia speak Gundarak. Gundarak is the name of the original domain they were from before the time of the Grand Conjunction. Once the domains were reformed, Dr. Heinfroth was granted his own domain. Anyhow, the point is that I think Azalin Rex has figured something new out, a new piece to this puzzle of escape and that he's linked somehow to all of this. The elves, being the oldest people here, seem to be the best bet for finding someone with answers in their memories. That is why I went there, or was trying to go there. 
So you're saying there could be living elves who lived through the Grand Conjunction itself? Yes. That seems difficult to believe that the people, not just the Dark Lords, weathered the storm of the mists being destroyed and reformed. I am sure they had one hell of a time while they were out, but yes, and luckily, the Grand Conjunction did not last long at all. The mists were able to somehow scoop them all back up one by one, reform their domains. But whatever is happening now, this fractioning of Darkon, this... There is nothing in the history books or any of my research that suggests something like this has ever happened before. Furthermore, rumors on the streets all point to Aslan Rex being gone in some way or another. Some claim he is dead, some claim he has left. But all the rumors have that one thing in common, that he is not here. Or at least doesn't want us to think he is. Whatever the true answer is, I have no doubt in my mind he is involved. Slash sort of looks quizzically at the group and at Van Richten. You say that the mists operate largely in evil, neutral, or even goodness. That there seems to be some kind of sentience to them to capture these dark lords among others. This gives me great pause for what we saw in the dwarven mine. If these mists are to capture dark lords as we might intend, now what precisely were those dwarves protecting? There was an ember sarcophagus in the bottom of the Bottleborn mine. Yeah, you guys kind of like share all the details of the Bottleborn mine with Van Richten. And he goes, ah, yes, amber, amber sarcophagi. There's more than one. They are scattered throughout the domains of dread, hidden, lost. There are many rumors concerning their contents, most believe they are the vestiges of great ancient evils, that perhaps even they played a role in the forming of the mists themselves. There are many different rumors, impossible almost, to know which ones are true. But what I do know for sure is that they contain horrible, horrible evils. And if the dwarves have theirs as well protected as you say, then... We should all be quite grateful to them. I do find it very disturbing, however, that the mists were somehow almost seemingly blocked off by the presence of this sarcophagus. It's quite interesting indeed. A bit of information I had not managed to acquire as of yet. Kind of looks around at all of you. Eyes kind of land on Lenara. It's very good. Very good indeed. Just trying to be a good student. And as the food kind of arrives, he looks at Lenora and says, Ah, speaking of, if all of you don't mind, I would like a moment with my student. And he leads Lenora off to a corner of the house. One of those awkward situations where, <laughs> like, everyone still totally hears <laughs> what's about to be said. If I could have a moment, Lenora. Certainly. And... We'll go. I'll look back, watch everybody look away and whistle, then uh, turn back to him. <laughs> Once you're both uh, sitting off in the corner, how long did it take you to realize that 
The item I told you to retrieve in Cholt was nothing more than a little trinket that can be found on the streets of Waterdeep. Uh, I would think very shortly after arriving in Cholt and seeing them being sold there as well, investigating where they would be for uh, if, if any spell could actually use it as a spell component. And as, as your lessons always seem to do, they have a little twist, and that was certainly about the journey and not the destination, but in getting a guide to take me out and seeing more of the world and being able to rely on myself and the, uh, and she gestures to her companions, relationships that uh, you build along the way. It uh, didn't take me too long. Wasn't immediate, and you're still quite clever, sir. But, yes, it, uh... And she starts to look for it, but she does the, like, patting her pockets kind of thing. When she first found Van Richten, it's like, hey, look, I did this, I did this. But now, all of the things we've gone through, it almost has a secondary importance now. Like, it's it's just a thing. No one's, like, uh, kind of forgot which pocket it's in. Yeah, exactly. It's like hasn't really been on the forefront of her mind for a while, but she will produce the uh, Almirage horn. And uh, and I do believe the uh, the lesson of getting it myself and having to do sometimes the sadly necessary... Have you seen the Almirage? They're like tiny adorable bunnies with unicorn horns. It's true. Why anyone would want to take their horns is I, beyond me. I know. It was disgusting. So, actually, shutting down those poachers... Uh, you made me do some good in the end. He takes the horn from you and expects it. They are silly little things, aren't they? You know, some people think they give you good luck, but I'm not surprised you were able to figure out that I sent you on a useless fetch quest. <laughs> in truth, Lenara, I feared that the mists would come for me again soon and that you would be too close at the time. And so, after giving you all the knowledge and training that I could over the course of a few months, I sent you away. To be perfectly honest, I never thought I was going to see you again, Lenara. That's, uh, unfortunately was my sentiment as well. I'm glad we were both wrong. He says, there's something I regret I haven't told you yet, Lenara. Yes? I was not entirely truthful to you on the morning that we first met. The night before we ran into each other in that inn in Water Deep, the dream that you had, you dreamt of an intense light, changed colors constantly. The source of this glow was a great sphere of luminescence, no less than ten feet in diameter, you said, hanging above you. Jagged streamers of lightning leapt out randomly from the sphere to dance chaotically on its surface. And of course, the most disturbing detail of all, the dream brought with it a feeling of being seen. Not only did you look upon this sphere, but it felt as if this sphere knew you were there as well. You see, I remember the details of your dream not because of how well you described them to me, 
but because that night I had the exact same dream as you. Except mine did not end in my waking. It instead turned to the nightmare that I have been experiencing every single night since then. The nightmare in which I find myself traveling through the mists surrounded by shadowy figures that eventually lead me to my childhood home. Even now that I am back to myself, I still see the vivid images of that nightmare within my mind. Whatever found you that night, I have always suspected that it was looking for me instead. The power that you had buried within your soul, it likely attracted whatever was looking for me. Due to the nature of my business, I was hesitant to tell you. I thought, perhaps, that if you knew as little as possible, it would protect you from some day being taken by the mists. I have angered many dark lords in my days, and many have cursed my name. The lives of the people I care for and grow too close to often have very unhappy endings. The smart thing to do to protect you would have been to help you find a magical tutor, send you off on your way after meeting you. And he takes a moment to really reflect back on that moment that the two of you met. But you reminded me of someone. Someone Simon and I traveled with for some time. Her name was Claudia, Claudia Deschain. Uh, one night when Simon and I were hunting a particularly hard-to-find ghost, we came upon Claudia's humble little home. We sought for refreshments to heal our minor wounds. But using my healing magics around Claudia woke a power inside of her that she did not realize she possessed. Just like you. She looked a bit like you, too. Young, healthy, dark hair. She had a healthy life. She looked forward to one day being happily married and having a family. But once her magical powers came to the surface, all those aspirations were destroyed. All because I wanted to stop and rest on my quest. Claudia joined Simon and I in our journeys after that. I took her under my wing. I tried to protect her. But in the end, she died in battle against a vampire, and we were unable to save her. I have never quite forgiven myself for Claudia's death. I can't help but feel as if we hadn't stopped to rest in her home. She would still be alive, and she would have the happy life she dreamed of. And so when I saw the look on your face that morning, Lenora, that magic emanating from you, the look of uncertainty and confusion on your face. I saw a chance to redeem myself, to succeed in protecting you unlike I managed to do with Claudia. And because of that, 
I owe you a great apology, Lenara. Had you never met me, I have no doubt you would not be in the domains of dread right now. Just like I have failed Claudia, I have failed to protect you as well. So while I am glad to see you again, I am deeply sorry that you are here. Lenara takes it all in, feeling uh, all kinds of waves of emotion. She will say in abyssal, uh, she actually chuckles, she goes, I, I at least understand that ignorance is bliss sometimes, and I, for example, don't get mad at my uh, dragon-born uh, father for hiding secrets from me, uh, so I, I appreciate your protection. She'll actually look at Lucia and Lamin as well and have a little smile and the... Uh, and and then like, I smile back. <laughs> uh, she smiles for a moment and then uh, reminds, uh, remembers her her family stuff and just sort of lets that go. And uh, just so that everybody feels the relief, she'll switch back to common now. And she goes, "I appreciate everything you've done for me. The learning, the teaching, trying to protect me." You're a hero, is what you are. Simon, Lamon, all of you. You're, you're heroes. Don't think yourself any less than that. But you can't save everyone. And I don't know how it works in the domains of dread, but uh, I'm from Waterdeep, sir, and I'm a modern woman. You can <laughs> try and protect me, but I'm going to do whatever I damn well please. <laughs> damn! And you've thought Tess's hug was... Un- uncomfortable and she'll actually go in and give him it's just a harder squeeze oh Aww. dear oh. Oh, two in one night oh. <laughs> <laughs> hers is a little less sad and a little more like pat on the back kind of hug but he she won't hold it for the two extra uncomfortable seconds i i was born with a silver spoon in my mouth regardless uh and yet i still saw my share of hardship so I have no regrets about the path I've taken. And I'm happy to continue this work. And even if you left me, I'd go, I would have gone back to your study and continued on from the notes you left. You're, you said you try and protect people from the evils because there's some people who just can't fight back. And I think, uh, especially due to one particular ogre, I'm, <laughs> I'm in the same vein. I don't like evil people fucking with me or those that can't fight back. So let's see if we can't stop Aslan Rex or whoever's behind this hour of ascension. There's a lot of people who need protecting. There certainly are. There certainly are. Do you have any idea who that, what that uh, glowing light might be then? I don't. My, my working, f- would it not be Ezra? That was my current working theory, but if we do get to that shrine with those elves, I have some questions for her as well. I feel Merlin's where he needs to be at the moment. There's some conflicting thoughts. I don't think he was taken. I think he's running. He's doing what we've all been doing, trying to stay ahead. 
and do the right thing, hopefully sober. The loss of the Shadowborn boy is a great blow indeed. The Shadowborn family is old, like I was saying, ancient even. The prophecies concerning the Hour of Ascension also speak of an ancient bloodline rising up with the power to stop the Dark Lords from escaping. The Shadowborn were simply the best bet, I suppose. But in truth, prophecies are vague things. Could be anyone, truly, any ancient bloodline. Simon used to jokingly, I think, say that perhaps it was even me. Everyone's bloodlines are old in a place like this. But yes, it's mostly believed that the Shadowborn are the key to the prophecy. And so great, great sacrifices were made to protect Merlin Carlyle and his brothers, his sisters, his cousins. Though I regret his loss... I assure you that the Shadowborn bloodline is strong without him. Great, great sacrifices have been made to ensure that. Well, I do believe he's still out there. And perhaps his part in this prophecy was bringing us all together. And the work that was put into protecting the boy is not all for naught. Tess will sort of like nod at Lenara and say, you know, ancient bloodlines are one thing, prophecies are another, but I mean, if there's one thing that everything that you have done, sir, and what I suppose a little bit of all of us have done, proves the things that make a difference are not are not things that were preordained, not things that were put in motion by great powers. I feel like what really can make a difference here is to just have people willing to take that risk, to take a chance, to put themselves in danger for others. And that willingness, (laughs) I think is the answer that the two of you were looking for. And she looks at Salash at that. She says, The two of you wanted to know what makes someone like Van Richten, someone like any of these heroes you so disdain, worthy of repute. It is not their power. It is not what value they bring. She looks directly at Lustra at that line. I think it is their willingness to try. Because if, if someone is not willing to try, then what more use are they than a pair of snakeskin sandals or a mouthy tattoo? Finn Richten claps Tess on the back as Amelia Wigglebrick brings dinner and drinks over. Yes, willingness. It was quite important indeed. And as soon as we eat this delicious assortment of carrots cooked in numerous different manners, 
Ooh. Are those carrots five ways, Amelia? Sure are! <laughs> <laughs> oh, are those honey glaze? Wow. Yep. But once we consume these, what I know will be delicious carrots, you, if you are willing, will all begin the hardest thing you've ever done. After dinner, we begin planning how to find and outsmart the Dark Lord of the largest domain of dread in existence. I suppose we'll see you next week. <laughs> How many carrots are in front of us? That is a lot of carrots, Amelia. Are these? Oh, you cut those into little star shapes. That's adorable, Amelia. <laughs> oh, gosh. 